Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Athletic. The only way to score is, of course, to play uh, with a hand break off. Hello, I'm Ian Stone. This is Handbreak of the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. <laughs> the last words Abby, our producer, said to us before we went on air was, let's be uplifting. Fat chance of that, Abby. We'll do what we can. Um, we are obviously out on the beach, but for the next 45 minutes, we'll try and find some meaning and solace in the horrible 1-0 defeat at Nottingham Forest uh, and, and other things as well. Uh, I'm here with Adrian Clark and Amy Lawrence. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Come on. Uplift. Uplift. Breathe it in. Um, me and Amy were talking beforehand and we were talking about the worst takes we've come across about Man City winning the league. Or rather, Arsenal not winning the league. Um, I know Amy's got something to t- say about this. Amy? Well, I tell you what I really cannot abide. And that's someone from the opposition team being magnanimous. Oh, spare me. So, yeah, it was with a uh, someone who I sort of know, but not terribly well, who's a Man City season ticket holder, sent me this message of slightly pious sympathy. Patronising? Um, Patronising in some way? Yes, I mean, probably not intentionally so, but I definitely took it that way. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd rather someone gave me dog's abuse, took the mickey, anything, but please... Don't give me that, like, oh, you know, you did really well. And I must say, as a Man City fan, oh. No, you're not even uh, that. No, 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 no. That is, I think that's in Football Fan Room 101. That they were trying take. to be nice, though, that's Amy. They I were trying I to don't be nice. Want, don't, it's like if you, no, <laughs> just, you know, give us yeah. some dog's abuse, rather. All right. All right. I, I think, honestly, Amy, I think that was an excellent answer, really. I really, really liked that answer. I thought you did it beautifully as well. Didn't she do it beautifully, Adrian? It was lovely, she did. wasn't it? She always does. She's excellent, yeah. isn't she, Amy? Oh, well done. Shut up. <laughs> Adrian, what, what have you got? What's the worst take? Uh, no specific, nothing really specific, because I've kind of just tried to shut myself off a little bit from from the noise around it. Um, I've tried not to read too much, but anyone that sort of said Arsenal were too emotional, or that Arsenal, you know, absolutely threw it away, and 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 more specifically that that this was Arsenal's chance and they blew it. Anyone that says that, I think, um, needs to needs to understand the game a little bit better and look closer because I don't think you know in terms of blowing it, we would have had to have been. Exceptional, yeah. We we've had a downturn in form massively, of course. We'll get to that, but we would have needed to have maintained our almost perfect first half of the season form to actually have have beaten Manchester City's points tally. So talk of us blowing it, I think is is over the top rhetoric, and 
And this isn't our only shot at it. I'm absolutely convinced of that. I think that that we will be there or thereabouts next season and the season after for sure. Adrian, I'm I'm fascinated by that. Apart from the fact that you just stole uh, one of Ian's uh, catchphrases. I don't know if you did that knowingly, but I'll get to that. We'll get to that. That's a classic (laughs) piece of Stonyism. (laughs) (laughs) We have spent a lot of time in each other's company this year. Just trying to steer the ship as best I can. But Uh, but we'll get to that. (laughs) So um, I I was quite interested by this, this apparent logic that Arsenal you know, can't have this, you know, can't have this situation again because it is somehow definitive, according to most other people, that Chelsea will be better and Man United will be better and Newcastle will be better and Liverpool will be better. And as if it was a bit like that Leicester season, this was a one-off opportunity because so many other uh, usual suspect contenders have not really shown up this season in the way expected. So I don't know. Why, why, do, why do people... Th- feels so strongly that there's an inevitability that Arsenal can't be ahead of the pack again, apart from uh, Man City, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Well, doesn't this feed into the whole emotional thing, Adrian, Um, Mm. really, that we're too emotional? I mean, that was what I was going to talk about as well. But do you think there is something in that, that we can't be better because it's all too high emotion and and we can't handle it? I said a few weeks ago that the emotional side of, of, of the season was, was a powerful driving force as well. And I, I definitely stand by that. You know, the emotion of, of wanting something so badly drove us on to get points that maybe we didn't have a right to to earn. So did it take a bit out of us? Maybe. Maybe mentally it did. Being involved in so many sort of thrilling matches where we had to come back from the dead, it might have done. But... <sighs> I don't know. I don't think you ever get to be in a position where you're cold and clinical unless you've you've done it before, unless you've won something, maybe won it on numerous occasions. I think when City won their first title in goodness knows how long, I'm pretty sure they were quite emotional about it. I'm pretty sure that, that there were some moments along the way where they were absolutely not cold and clinical and that, that there was bedlam and that players got very excited celebrating goals. So... It's just par for the course when you're you're chasing the dream that you get excited about it, and um, I wouldn't swap I wouldn't swap those emotions for anything. I think that's been you know one of the highlights of this season has been seeing the emotion, feeling the emotion, and watching the players um, have that emotion too. Uh, do we read too much into the, some of these so-called kind of narratives that blow up uh, across the media or? Uh, in public consumption. I mean, I, I saw a message, I think it, it was on Twitter, um, that struck me uh, over the weekend where somebody said, hang on a sec, why is it that Arsenal have got all this, uh, you know, what, this sort of tsunami of, like, bottling it, and you know, vibes off of people when... Chelsea, who have had the stinkiest season that you could ever imagine, you know, then it doesn't even really seem to be scratching the surface of being talked about or debated uh, at any great length. You know, there's tiny percentages of airtime given to the, the the Chelsea catastrophe of a season. There's not even that much airtime mm. being given to Tottenham and what for them is a, you know... It's because, it's because they're not... They're not as, the underwhelming thing as well. 
Is that know, a compliment to Arsenal? Is that no one cares it's a massive compliment? Yeah, no, exactly. it's not that they don't care. It's just they don't have the same history, the same gravitas. I think there's more envy towards Arsenal as a football club than most in terms of I don't know. They know they know that we've got you know an unbelievable history. They know that we've got a we play wonderful football. They know that we've got a lot of fans, um, and I think that that people are very quick to sort of just point fingers and poke fun at Arsenal. We sort of seem to pr- provoke emotions in, in other in other team supporters where Tottenham and Chelsea just don't. They're just a little bit of nothing by comparison, aren't they? It's particularly interesting with Chelsea because, you know, rationally, they have won a lot more, you know, over the last decade or so than Arsenal have and some pretty major stuff. So it, it doesn't really add up, does it? I, no, I, you know, I, it's can I just strange. say, I feel there were quite there was quite a lot of positivity. I got a lot of people because obviously I'm out and about working, talking to the public quite regularly, and I got a lot of people who uh, who said they wanted Arsenal to win the title. And I think when people invest hopes in things like that, they feel a bit let down when things don't work out, and then the bottling and choking narrative maybe comes to the fore a little bit more. I also, by the way. In terms of bad takes, Gary Neville talking about the emotion of, of the whole thing. I mean, I do think it's worth saying there can be a bit too much emotion. I remember watching Brazil in the World Cup in uh, in Brazil. And I remember the first yeah. game that they played. And I remember turning to my missus and saying, there is no way they're going to keep this up for seven games. It's all too much. David Luiz was crying. It was, They're playing the national anthem. And I thought, oh no, this is too much. And But I never felt Arsenal veered into that territory. I think they started games in quite a cold and clinical manner and then it all got a bit much and they got very excited when we got late night winners. But you know what? Why would you not get excited? That is, that's the fun of it. I have... I've had more fun this season watching, you know, Bournemouth and Man United and Villa away. We can all name them. And what we'll do, actually, in the next couple of podcasts, we will obviously go through the highlights and and low points of the season. But here's to emotion in football, because why else are we watching it? I'll tell you why we lost the league, Stoney. Neville's right. It's because Zinchenko (laughs) beeped his horn when he he went past the Tollington. When he went past the Tolly and and people were cheering (laughs) at him, he tooted his horn. That was the moment moment we lost the the league. I was walking past there and I heard that too and I thought, no, no, Alexander, not now, not yet. No tooting. All right, let's not celebrate. Just go home and get back Get back to train on Monday and stop thinking about another great do you, win. Do you think that's going to be in Mikel's new rule book, you know, that goes against... I don't know if the players still get rule books like they used to do. They used to get given a little rule book at the start of every season. Adrian, you'll know more about this than yeah, me. Yeah, we did, yeah. And back yeah, in the day, that's where the whole kind of like, remember who you are, what you are and what you represent started back in 71 with Bertie Mee and that was in the rule book then. So... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'd no like tooting. to see a kind of like no tooting at the Tollington rule added. Cold <laughs> and clinical. Part, part of the reason, by the way, that we're talking about this as much as we are is because we don't want to talk about Forest 1, Arsenal 0. Because, I mean, uh, can I just say that I, um, I watched the first 40 minutes of the game and it was sort of, 
I thought, I know how this is going to go. And then I was doodling about on social media about ten past six, and I saw a message from the comedy store in London saying, uh, we're down, an MC. Can anyone get here by seven o'clock? And I went, yes, I can. <laughs> anything, anything to not have to watch any more of this, this game. So I left. I got on the tube. I got off the tube. I checked the score. Of course, it was still 1-0. I got on stage. I got off stage at ten past seven when I'd introduced the first act. I checked the score. Of course, it was still 1-0. Because you sort of knew that it was going to go that way. I can't believe you've just admitted that story, Ian. Well, I... <laughs> I, I just... Mean, it's not a good look. I'm sorry. No, no, hang on a minute. Can I just say, can I just say, I got... Yeah, come I on, wriggle out of this one, sunshine. Slightly, no, 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 it's not wriggling out. I got a slightly tetchy uh, um, message on Twitter from someone saying he didn't appreciate the, the lecture, in inverted commas, yeah, uh, yeah, on yeah. people who left early for the... Oh, that, uh, was, pre- the that, was, that was predictable. We were always going to get stick for that. And I and I understand that. So you're, mm. you're, you are absolutely within your rights to have a go right back at me, OK? <laughs> uh, but Adrian, I knew Adrian would be watching it. He was getting paid to watch it. So, Adrian, <laughs> did, what happened? Did we lose yeah, one? I'm a freeloader, I know. Isn't that what they said on Twitter? <laughs> freeloader. <It's... laughs> yeah, well, so we lost 1-0. It was um, it was exactly how we thought it would go from about the first ten minutes. Was there any Arsenal fan out there who didn't think it was going to end like that? No, there was, I mean we've we've not showed up at the City Ground three times in a row now, so it's turning into a bit of a of a bogey ground, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It was a, a day devoid of any positives, wasn't it? I think that as soon as I saw the team sheet, that that confused me. So during the pre-match show, we were sort of working, trying to work out who might play where. And Is Jacques going to left back? What's going and, on? Yeah, and I have to say that Partey at right back and Kivior at left back was about fourth or fifth down my <laughs> running order of, of, of starting 11s. Yeah. Um, I, I, I floated it, but didn't believe it. But then obviously that's what happened. And what I found strange, and I don't want to be too critical here because Mikel has been fantastic this season, but. What I said at halftime, I have to stand by it. I said, the, the starting 11 and the tactical approach is not working. I'll be flabbergasted if Mikel doesn't recognise that and change it in the second half. And, and we didn't change it. Um, we stuck with Partey at right back and we stuck with Kivio at left back and we continued to sort of play in the same uh, sluggish, laborious manner, really, just Going down the right hand side only and ignore pretty much ignoring the left. It was, it was a really strange performance and and one, I think we'd all like to forget. Yeah, uh, Amy, it did feel like um, a couple of games from like two years ago, didn't it? Lots and lots of passing, not much. We had enormous amount of possession and we never looked like scoring, did we? How do you know you were on the tube? <laughs> <laughs> I heard, all right. Did you even watch the first forty minutes? I don't even know if you I did. <laughs> no, no, back off. I watched the first. All right, I was obviously slightly looking at social media as well while it was happening. I was, I was disengaged. I think a lot of people were disengaged. The players and perhaps Mikel Arteta as well. As much as they said we want to win, we want to push City the whole way. It does feel like a a, a pointless game at this point, doesn't it, Amy? I mean. Look, I think I think sometimes when you're, you know, we've been discussing this has been an emotional season. When you hit the, you know, a finishing line of sorts, whether it's gone for you or not, there is a kind of natural energy drop and deflation. It's physical, it's psychological, it's spiritual, it's everything. 
And I, I think that kind of really started for the Arsenal players um, when they heard the score of the uh, Everton Man City game the previous weekend. And that was a sort of the, you know, the very last tiny grains of sand of hope disappearing uh, through that for everyone's fingers, I think. So I just, I don't, I can't find my, uh, uh, a great sense of worth in analysing, overanalyzing. No. Or getting too emotionally invested in particularly the performance at Nottingham Forest. I'm very sympathetic to the fans that went out for what, you know, could have been a good day out. And I think was quite a good day out apart from the football, you know, uh, 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 a bit like the old line they say about golf, you know, being a good walk spoiled, you know, that in a way the, <laughs> the football was a good day out spoiled. <laughs> but, um, but the, but I can't, I can't get too excited about it because in the end, really, I mean, they, the whole club seems to be on next season mode already. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I mean, yeah, it was flat. It was lacking in imagination. Um, it never really got going. No balance, was it, to the no, team? Um, no. no. One of I those think things. those games are probably quite hard to play in and ones where the players come off and feel a bit sheepish because I, I don't buy it ever that pros are not trying. I just, you know, unless there's a very, very specific personal situation for somebody. Uh, I think in general that's just not a thing, even though people might perceive it. And Forrest had a lot riding on it as well, didn't they? Let's be fair. I mean, they did. They, yeah. you know, that was a huge, huge game for them. I mean, we did get a message. Uh, Jay, who produced this podcast, he got a tan on the day. He got a tan. <laughs> it was a nice day out. Nottingham is not is actually quite a fun city, I it must fun, say. Yeah. It mm. is. So uh, handy for you, Adrian, as well. You're only up the road. It is. I'm there for the cricket soon. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's always good going to Nottingham. I mean, it is. And yeah, um, okay. yeah, look, it was just, yeah, one... Yeah, where the football spoiled it, I, I agree with Amy. I, yeah, it was it, it was an odd odd selection, odd sort of uh, performance from everybody. But I do I do agree with Amy when when there's nothing really on it, then then it yeah things can get away from you quite quickly. That that edge that we talk about that that goes that five percent goes and it and it impacts and all it takes. so much. Yeah, and that's all it takes. Well, let's speak of it no more. Then uh, this is that's no point, is there? Uh, this is Handbrake Off, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. We were a bit uh, with the handbrake at time. Ian Stone, Amy Lawrence and Adrian Clark here on the Athletics Arsenal podcast, Handbrake Off. The artwork is going up. Uh, I say the artwork, I say Amy Lawrence 
actually, uh, a, a, a really beautiful picture of Amy Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she, honestly, she looks I'm radiant. I'm trying not to swear. She looks, she looks radiant me. in this. I, I actually think it'd be quite difficult when you're walking towards the stadium and you see Amy. It'll all be, it'll almost be too much wattage from the picture. You'll have to sort of turn away, you know. <laughs> you should see her face now. She doesn't look quite the same. Amy, you're going up on the stadium. I mean, I understand you might have issues with a photo. I don't know, but you're going to be on Arsenal Stadium. Just maybe step away a second and go, you know, as a kid, imagine imagine Amy Lawrence when she's first got in the Arsenal and what she thinks about the Arsenal and how she's fallen in love with it. And 40 years later, whatever it is, you're on the side of the stadium. I mean, isn't that a beautiful thing? You must be... What, you must be excited, aren't you? Do you know what? I'm one of these people that I hate pictures of myself. And, uh, <laughs> that is one 100 foot high. I, I know, I know. And, and I, I got sent a kind of preview image of it. And I think the artist is spectacularly good, but I just felt a bit shell-shocked and thought, Jesus, I, I look older than I feel, which I didn't think was, <laughs> oh, was, no. was possible. But there you go. Um, but no, I, I, I think what the club are doing generally speaking, in representing and obviously those who are, are fortunate enough to be on there. I wasn't really going to. I, I kind of, because I was uh, uh, lucky enough to be involved in the consultation process, uh, I think they wanted to include everybody who had helped and been part of that and and, and offer them the chance to be up there. Um, and obviously anyone who is up there is just representing the hundreds of thousands all over the world who feel the same. I think that's really important. Yeah, but you were involved. You were involved in a consultation process, Amy, because mm-hmm. you're an important part of the club, right? Uh, I mean, that's, and I'm not sorry. I, it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, I understand you can dismiss it all. I think. Whatever, I think. But, I think. To be fair, I think they probably thought, "Why the hell did we ask her?" Because I was from <laughs> no, saying things they didn't want to hear. No, um, they didn't. But, no, 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 no. I, I, I but yeah, uh, the nicest bit though is my little boy came along with me uh, to one of the consultation meetings. And he's on there with me, and that's my pride. Amazing. How cool is that? And Adrian, you're on there as well, aren't you? I believe so, yeah. I did see a mock-up image of it. Are you happy with the photo, or do you think you look a bit older than you perhaps (laughs) would look like? Do you think it's like bags under the eyes or something? I don't know. Let's see. Because obviously the photo's turning into a piece of art, isn't it? They're they're drawing effectively the photo. So we'll see how it turns out. No, I think think, uh, think as a collage, it's going to look really... Really yeah, meaningful. yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I am absolutely buzzing about of it. I course. tried to play it. I tried to play it down when, 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 the, when, I, when somebody said, "Oh, we, we're going to put you on there if that's all right." I'm like, "Of course, it's bloody if all that's right." That's all right. Um, yeah, exactly. So um, no, I played it down as if it was no biggie. But yeah, that's a lovely thing, isn't it? So um, that's a lovely thing. I'd, I'd, I'd have just been happy with a name instead of a mugshot. But that's just me. <laughs> but I do think the club have done a, uh, done a spectacular job with those. You know, and, and Dara was talking about it a bit last week. By the way, hello, Dara, because, you know, very kindly, you said that uh, you may be one of the few who always listen after a loss. So, <laughs> That's true. Well done, out. mate. Thank you. If you got this far in this one, there'll be, uh, there'll be a drink for you somewhere along the line. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, what was, our, what was it? Yeah, he was talking about this kind of, you know, this change in the atmosphere. And there are a few things that have happened this year in particular. You know, the, the fact that, the Louis Dunford song has become absolutely embedded into the culture. 
the fact that the Ashburton Army have done their thing and the rest of the crowd have also upped it big time. But also this was the season when Arsenal redecorated the Emirates and they spent so much thought and time and effort into trying to get that as right as they felt they could to represent the values of Arsenal today. And um, I think most people would agree it looks pretty spectacular. So it's, it's just part of the experience and part of feeling like home. That helps, I think, everybody from a fan who's never been before, is it their first game, to the players in Mikel and everyone in between in terms of what Arsenal are trying to do. Of course, I'll take my, uh, I'll take, uh, uh, I think my Alexander will be coming to the last game. I'm sure we'll uh, have a wander about, actually. Whenever I haven't actually been around the whole thing yet. So. You've not, not, got, not, got not got your picture up there, Stoney. No. No. You've not been to any of the games then. You don't actually go, do you? You know when you talk about going to the pub after the game, you're just always there, aren't we- you? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it's really good, though. <laughs> I must give it a go. Um, yeah, by the way, um, and we will get into this more in the next couple of podcasts as well. Uh, David Ornstein wrote a piece about um, transfer, uh, uh, possible transfer speculation. Amy, I know how much you love talking about transfer <laughs> speculation. <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk about all the players we probably won't get. We are a more attractive opposition than we've probably been in the last 15, 20 years. I mean, it is, you know, and and, and I think we will certainly be in the conversation, won't we? I tell you, what, Adrian, you're nodding away. What do you think? I mean, I, I don't know much about this kid, this guy from Ajax, Mohamed Kudus. Do you know much about, is it Mohamed yeah, Kudus? Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, yeah. very good player. Um, Where does he play? Is he forward? Well, he's quite versatile, which which kind of fits in with, yeah, fits with a Mikel Arteta brief. Yeah. Um, I would say that, in essence, he's an attacking midfielder, but he could be a wide midfielder. He could be a false nine striker. You could probably slot him into midfield. Yeah, he's he's got a bit of everything. So, yeah, he's yeah very talented, very talented player. So, no, I would I would not be against us chasing chasing after him. He's he's good. So. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited about the the we summer get, and, and what yeah. we're gonna what we're gonna do. I just think that we're very very attractive club to to come and join for for the reasons that Amy outlined as well about the whole. We sort of had a spring clean, the connections unreal at the moment between the the, the fans and the team, and the team is on the up. <laughs> We've been on the down the last few weeks, but we are on the up, and we will continue to to, to climb <coughs> that upward curve. And I think people will want to be a part of it. You know, with London's biggest and best club playing, you know, some great football with a dynamic young manager surrounded by hungry teammates that that have got their best years ahead of them. I mean, give me the pen. You know, I like I the sound. I, of, I did I like the sound of that, Amy. Didn't you? The way Adrian was selling the club there. I mean, if I would have him in the room saying exactly that yeah. when they've turned up. Yeah, Adrian, we need you to um, record that. <laughs> and we'll have it part, of the, part of the video presentation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it, uh, it is in the end, it is exciting times. Whatever the last uh, few weeks have brought, and uh, and and what we're going to do in the next couple of podcasts, we will uh, celebrate that. We'll look at the squad uh, later in the week, and we'll go through the season uh, next week, and and the highs and lows, and uh, uh, do all that stuff. Let's have a song before we go. Um, Adrian, I'm going to come to you first. Do you have a song for us? Um, yeah, it was just. <laughs> It was a real, uh, the thing, the, the overwhelming feeling that came over me this weekend was, it's a shame. It's a shame. 
it's a shame it, it's turned out like it has. Um, so I think Amy shame. knows the song. It's a shame by Moni Love. It's a seal of approval. It's a brilliant song. It's a cracking tune. Hey, look, it's, it's taken how many weeks? <laughs> it's taken about 40 weeks to get, yeah, to get, to get a little there are listeners. Amy. There are listeners going, finally. Finally, Clarky's come up with a good one. Clarky's good. I like Clarky in this uh, in this period. It's really nice, isn't it? He's got just got the tone right. Uh, I'm having uh, and so it goes by Nick Lowe. By the way. I love the song. I looked up the little notes about it. It acknowledges the unpredictability and sometimes futility of life and the inevitability of death. Okay. (laughs) And I thought that seemed quite suitable for how we are at the moment. Uh, But I do love the song. So it goes. Uh, Amy, what you got? It's just given us an an excuse to play one of the all-time great Neil Young songs on the beach. I need a crowd of people. And the guitar solo in that is <laughs> so yeah yeah. Just by the way, um, when you started bringing up the conversation about transfer rumours, I just looked over and uh, the dog gave a real far away look and then promptly yeah. fell asleep. So sandwich. <laughs> He wanted to hear that part of the conversation. Talking of dogs, we didn't mention Winnie, did we? We should have chatted about the new Arsenal dog. I've stroked Win. I've stroked him. Oh, my God, Adrian, stroke Win. This is really important. (laughs) I've stroked Win. I was introduced to Win as Win, not Winnie. But, yeah, yeah, very friendly, very friendly dog. I'm glad it's a friendly dog. You wouldn't really want a dog on a chain bark. Getting lots and lots of love and... Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's a really interesting concept, isn't it? I, you know, it's obviously a it's a feel good thing. It's a family uh, thing, isn't it, Adrian? Essentially, is what we're talking about here. Right? Honestly, yeah, it, it it was, it is, and and I love it. And I I was at the training ground, yeah, it was a week or two ago. Did an interview with Zinchenko, and um, yeah, it did strike me, and I bumped into David Seaman. Um, who was there doing a bit of obviously coaching with the with the uh, with the keepers? I said, "He's still diving around." He's like, "Gosh, I'm bloody not." Um, but um, <laughs> the uh, in, in his own way. But but you know, Eddie was there. There was a lot of smiles and a lot of you know. It did feel like everything. Everybody was together. And what I loved was you got the media office, then you've got the coach's office, and you've got someone else's office. They're all together. There's no real separation at, at London Colney anymore and certainly not at the moment it's it's definitely a family up there and having a dog is is a great idea i mean i don't know who where it sleeps <laughs> well it goes home with i mean i thought it was owned by one of the women who works there and i thought she took it home in the evening i think that she just it works brings yeah, it in i'm not sure yeah. i'm not yeah. sure but yeah no i was privileged to 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 give it a stroke how old is wind you know, roughly. Oh, come on, no I know nothing about dogs. I've never owned a dog. It's I must admit, since, since I found, well, ish, but since I found out about uh, about Win, I thought my dream athletic piece is to go and take my dog for a walk with Win around the Arsenal training ground. I mean, how athletic <laughs> is that? That could be arranged. I'm sure oh. it's happening. Yeah, I'm sure, oh, but I. 
I mean, we're one of the players, I when think. Ro- when really. Rocky met, meets Win, I mean, it's just <laughs> what could be sweeter? I think I'd, anyone, I think I could retire after that. If anyone is listening, who could make that happen? <laughs> I, no, no, genuinely. no, 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 because we don't want Amy to retire. So let's let's just put it off. No, it she off could retire. Few. We're not going to let her retire, <laughs> but she could, of course. Listen, there is nothing like a dog. They do- here go. I'm going to read you something. Uh, this is on Ben Fogel's Instagram, and he is an absolute Labrador uh, f- um, fundamentalist, a bit like myself. His dad was a vet, actually, and my childhood dog, he was the vet of it. All right. Which is rather nice. Anyway, and he writes, it's a very sweet picture of his two Labradors staring up lovingly at him. It says, the morning stare, I can't imagine a life without dogs. They make me so happy and calm. They ground me. Loyal, forgiving and loving. They know when I'm happy or sad. It is impossible to be lonely with a dog. They know. And I just think that's kind of the vibe that you get. And if they're bringing that into the training ground, you know, you can imagine you going in after a bit of a rough game or something's not quite great generally The dog will know. The dog will know and the dog will give you love and just make you feel that little bit better. And I think that's a brilliant thing to have uh, brought into... uh, London Coney. Uh, lovely. Well, we'll see you Thursday uh, for another podcast. And um, thanks to Amy, thanks to Adrian, thanks to Abby, our producer. And thanks for listening. I'm Ian Stone. This has been Handbrake Off, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Tomorrow. Mm-hmm.